Kevin DeCristofano. I'm Sean Flanagan. And we are the Ninja Turtle Nerds, your weekly podcast where we review the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics one issue at a time. How you been, Sean? I've been really good. Um, still watching the 2012 series, just about done with season three, so kind of cool to see them adapt some of these storylines on there. I can't believe we're already at 20 of these. <laughs> yeah, 20 episodes in. Issue 20 was published in April of 1989, so another issue in a row where they they did two month they they did month to month to month. They're on a roll. Nice. 38 pages, same as last time. And it's written by Peter Leard and Kevin Eastman with art by Peter Leard and Eric Talbot with Michelangelo on the letters. Steve Levine. Um, and it's creatively titled Return to New York Book Two. The cover is just the Triceraton uh, looking kind of beat. Drooling. Yeah, drooling a little. Um, it took me a while to figure out he was holding like a knife. Because <laughs> I wasn't 100% seeing how s- spikes on your knife hilt were really going to help. But You know, it's like a brass knuckly thing if you, I don't know. I don't know. I think weapons like that really exist. I'm sure they do. I'm not a weapons expert. But, uh, yeah. His tail's too long. (laughs) His tail's too long. (laughs) It is. Like, it comes all the way around to the front of the frame, and, like, at first I didn't know what it was. It it goes on a, what I forget which which guest we had that week, but, like, he wouldn't be able to sit in a chair. (laughs) Oh yeah, there. But yeah, you can definitely tales. see this Triceraton is there's something there's something going on with him. We're going to want to read this issue to figure out what is up with this beast. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, the the only thing I really have to say about the cover, I mean, it's a good cover is for whatever reason, and I know that this predates the uh the comparison, but it reminded me of Bane. Yeah, that's a good Good point. Uh, specifically, the Dark Knight Rises Bane in the sewer with the water. So, this first two-page spread, it's very cool, but it took me a minute because I couldn't 100% tell what I was looking at. The city? Oh, no, the, the, the Triceratop face. Yeah. Because the, the first two-page spread is the city. And then, yeah, you got, you got his face. He's got a, like a little, it's not even a bandolier. It's like the, he's got the bat belt around because it's, the, the, it's all pockets, which is so 90s. This was when the pockets thing started. And I know I just said it's 1989, but we're basically there. <laughs> and this is like just, bef- just before cable. He's got the pockets. He's just missing the chains and then it'd be the 90s. Yeah. But no, I don't know. Like it. It just took me a minute, the way it's drawn, because it looks like you're looking at his nostrils, and I know it's supposed to be his eyes, so <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's a very weird image. Yeah, it's very dark. This whole issue is very dark, Espe- like, especially compared to the last issue we talked about last week, where, I don't know, I feel like they were using more white of the page. They're using more black on these pages. But, uh... Yeah, we, we learn on the next page that this is Zog. And he was left behind, and he's acting a little crazy, and he's coughing a lot and wheezing, and he can't 
you know, he can't breathe very well. So we're, we're, it's just like Sean said when they first came through the teleporter is that you can tell that the, they're, they're not prepared for earth's atmosphere. They need a nitrogen. They, I don't think they say this in the comic, but they say it in the 2012 cartoon that they need more of a nitrogen based, uh, atmosphere or something They need like that. that, uh, the chewing gum from Mars attacks. There you go. <laughs> so we don't know why yet, but he's a little off. Like you can, he's just like very focused on his mission and, and he's like, all of his speech bubbles are kind of hard to make out in there. It's very rambly. And I don't know. I, it did a very good job of making me feel uncomfortable with this character right away. The fact that you, it's, it must be so hard in a written medium to get across, not being able to understand somebody clearly. And they did that here very well. Yeah, they, they did a good job with that. I like the call back to the breathing. Because not only are the speech bubbles, and I'll post this on our Twitter and Instagram, not only are they like kind of like jagged and hard to look at, just the bubble alone is hard to look at, but the font inside, his words aren't drawn as clear as the other characters in the book. And... It's like the, the, the words are kind of nonsense. We get a lot of dots in between each thing. It's just like it's it's almost you have to labor through his dialogue. And as a result, you you feel creeped out. You feel like you're you're in the presence of something you don't want to be around and you don't know what's going to happen. So the turtles are just following him through the sewer as he rambles. You know, he stops for a moment and you just kind of think he's still just talking to himself and he starts smashing the floor. <laughs> yeah. He's talking to himself. He, they, they turn a corner. He said, he says, open the door. Zog knows the door. Yes. And he's like looking at the floor. He says, yes, here. And he's touching the floor and we have them. And he just starts like stomping the floor. It's like, I don't, I don't think I'm doing it justice because all of that sounds crystal clear what he's doing, but it's, you're, it, it comes across as like, you're looking at someone who not all there, it, like it, the, there's something mentally wrong with this guy. It, it's very, the hobbits following Gollum and being like, uh, something's not right with this guy. <laughs> so he breaks through the floor and we find out there is a foot clan base i don't know what you'd call this thing command center that's what they call it and of course because it's a comic book we need to fight that foot clan i love the fact that they drop in on the foot clan fight them and the last panel is the foot trying to grab the phone to call somebody oh yeah <laughs> and leo was like nobody nobody can get out or what does he say? He says something like, don't let anyone escape or he's basically like, no one can know we were here. It's almost like the detention center in star Wars, what they were trying to do. <laughs> so Donatello before Han Solo got that call figures out that this is one of many centers hidden around the city that the foot are using before that. I'd like to point out during the battle we see. So Zog has the Triceraton, 
laser that we've posted mm. before and we'll post it again on our Instagram. And we talked about that laser clip on a few episodes. It is consistent in this issue that that clip is there. And we actually find out it's a second handle because a few times he holds the laser with two hands and the other hand goes there. And you can clear much more clearly see the knife now with the spikes on it. Got a bit of blood. So, yeah, I guess this really wasn't for kids, huh? <laughs> yeah, his clothes. Yeah, he just looks like a crazy person. Like, he doesn't look like a person, but his clothes are ripped and he's dripping. And, oh, you don't want to be around him. So, <laughs> so, yeah, Donatello, he says that they. Um, so it's uh, a, a false front off his awesome. Yeah, we're, are we supposed to know what the Hudson block is? Because that's not something I was familiar no, with. No, I'm not sure. I, for some reason, I thought it was a detention center. They just throw it at the reader like we're... It's never been mentioned in this comic before. I can I can say that with certainty. But you do get this amazing 1989 computer 3D image of the Hudson block. Yeah, this computer is way more advanced than anything that was available at the time. But, uh... They just, you know, assume that Arukosaki, the shredder, must be at that particular building. So they uh, they form a plan to attack. And then when they go to the building, of, uh, I think it's the next page, it, it looks very much like the clock tower from Back to the Future. So if you need to put a mental image in, that's what it looks like. Yeah, and it's, it says savings bank, but I don't know if, I don't know. It's not it's, cl- front. it's not clear to me what the front is supposed to be. It's a bank. <laughs> like they're I think they're pretending it's a bank, but he says something about how there's a network of tunnels that lead all throughout the city. Yeah. We'll go with bank. <laughs> and there's a I, they're probably under the bank. Yeah, cuz they cuz so they go in and it looks like they're in the safety deposit box room. And they just kind of walk in and, um, you know, you can have a triceratops just walk into your bank. You can, as long as he's got two forms of ID and a bill showing his address. <laughs> and that's, he uses his laser to laser a hole in the wall and they find their hidden tubes. So there's a really, I think all the stuff you're talking about's happening on the two page spread that shows the bank and then the turtles and. Um, Zark underneath or on the side panels. It's yeah, it's the pages right after okay. that page. There's it, a part, but you're you're right. We are missing a story detail here that we should go over. Is this where it starts to explain why Zog is kind of crazy? Is that what you were gonna say? Yeah, because there's a panel at the bottom where uh, Donnie is talking to I don't know which turtle, but you see him in the background using his laser gun to cut through. the the ceiling or the wall or something. But Donnie has this great bit of dialogue. That creature is completely insane and should not be alive. It's hard to believe he survived gone unseen all this time. Our air alone eats at his brain like a cancer. He's a walking time bomb. So that's why he's acting crazy. They they go on to say that his brain is being affected by the air that we breathe and He's kind of, he's, he's losing it. He's having like war flashbacks, basically. 
So they get in the building, and uh, what what is it with giant boxes? Like, <laughs> I feel like Ninja Turtles has a lot of giant boxes. Are you talking about after they get through so the wall? The, like after they cut through? They get in, yeah, and they it's just the Foot Clan moving a giant boxes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what these are supposed to be. <laughs> I'm gonna post them on Twitter and Instagram. Listeners, please let us know if you have any idea what these are supposed to be, if it's something subtle that we're not picking up. Because the other rooms we're going to see here, definitely, like, you can see it's a legitimate base. You know, they've got, like, a training room. They've got a weapons room. They've Everything else is kind of clear. I have no idea what these boxes are supposed to be, though. So, yeah, the next room they go into is the training room. Is the guy on the right with no mask supposed to be Shredder? I don't think so. Okay. I don't want to give it away but I I was just curious because I part of me wishes that that was uh, Tetsu yeah Tetsu's not in a lot and when he he, I wish they would use him more well they need to get on that because when he does show up and stuff he's gone like almost right away but the turtles fight the foot clan in their training room you get some great sound effect stuff and some really good panels um, just of them fighting and this really horrific panel of Donnie eye gouging this ninja. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. So those lenses don't protect anything, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually fi- they find the Austin Powers room, <laughs> which it looks like the, the villain lair at the end of the first Austin Powers movie where he's, you know, stuck in the hallway going back and forth on the, the little cart. You know? Yep, and they find the convenient uh, truck we only use in this facility. Yeah, the Austin Powers cart. It's, it's a little <laughs> bigger, but yeah. So they go racing down. I guess they're, they're, they're underground at this point. I don't know. They're racing through a tunnel. I think they're supposed to be underground. And then they have a two-page spread where they wreck the truck. This is the first time the Foot Clan has had guns, correct? Yes. The only other time we've really seen guns are there was that pre there was that what do you call it prequel issue yeah. with the ninjas, but they weren't Foot Clan. And then there was that like militant group, and I think that was the only times we really saw. Oh, and then that gangster Untouchables issue, but none of them were Foot Clan. All right, so you get this crazy shootout between the Foot Clan and Zog. Um, Zog wins, if you're wondering. Kind of. <laughs> well, so far, he's winning. Um, you have this great panel. He does take a couple of... He takes some 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 key hits, but he keeps on ticking. So Zog's kind of just making his way through the sea of Foot Clan. And there's a really great panel of Leo and Donnie fighting them. And as Donnie's hitting the Foot Clan soldier, the sound effect is Chud. I just thought that was weird. <laughs> and, it, ch- 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 and again, blood flying everywhere. So they, they went all out on the blood in this arc. I, th- I thought they, as, as weird as it was that they went on that tangent of nine issues of like one shot stories, they showed a lot of restraint in basically introducing what weight is Shredder back? Is Shredder back? And then he cripples Leonardo and they go to Northampton. And it goes like a whole nine issues before they even bring it up again. I don't know. It was really cool that they they left something for you to keep reading for. 
which they don't really end here either, but we're finally picking that thread up again. Because um, Zog's going into what looks like a hidden room. Yeah, he's, he's going on ahead by himself, which is always a good idea. And, Mortally uh, wounded, it seems like, because his footprints are trailing blood. And yeah, so he's saying, onward, the, Zog, cough, he's coughing, Shredder, Zog knows, and then he wheezes, and that's the last thing he says. Oh, no, the last thing he says technically is, long live the Republic. But um, So th- this, again, the, um, is where they're really great with their visual storytelling. This page of Zog getting beaten by the shredder like you feel every hit and i kind of felt bad for him because it wasn't like this was a situation he had like gotten himself into on purpose you know he just got left behind and got dragged into all this stuff so but it it's it leaves a lot of questions too because and i don't think they're ever going to answer these by the way he is in we've already said a crazy state of mind why did the Triceratons even, well, maybe not all of them, but at least this one, why would a Triceraton even know who Shredder is? I mean, I know he's been in New York uh, since the Turtles left, so probably about a year he's been hanging out in New York, so maybe he heard about them through various yeah. underground whatevers, you know, seeing the Foot Clan, because he clearly tracked the Foot Clan here. That would be an interesting story to see if they did a... Uh They do the tales of the TMNT on how he and Raphael teamed up, basically in that the in-between scenes we don't see last issue. All right, so if they did another one, but it was just what he was doing while the turtles were in Northampton, maybe that would fill in the blanks. But no, for for a character, we should do those tales those tales issues at some point. We'll figure out how to read them on on the podcast. For a, a character that isn't in a lot of issues and is just cannon fodder, they, they really make you feel for him. Yeah, you feel bad. because, And I think it's because he's crazy. You know, like, you know that, that this wasn't, like, he wasn't on a mission to, well, I guess he kind of is on a mission to do it. But you just, I don't know, there's a helpless feeling to him, even though he's a wrecking machine tearing through the Foot Clan. He, he he's, he's bullet ridden. You know, he's bleeding, and then he stumbles into this room. Shredder It basically does one of those shots where you see a shadow figure over his shoulder and and sneaks up behind him. And then it's just like close-ups on the Shredder blades. And then the next full page is him getting hacked up. Yeah. He says, long live the Republic, and he dies. The turtles find him, and... Uh This reveal was cool for me because I didn't know it was coming, but the the last two pages of the issue are three different shredders. This kind of reminded me of, you remember, and you can see that these, it's not like three normal shredders. They're 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 all different. Like one's got a giant head, one's got like a crab arm. Well, the giant head one's got It kind of reminded me of that South Park episode where they clone Stan, but the clone has like a giant head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that was early in the show. Yeah, you get Goro Shredder, Mr. Krab Shredder, and <laughs> Tyrion Lannister Shredder. It's a great ending to me because there was no indication other than just Shredder is still around. So you're expecting this last 
two pages to be a reveal of just the shredder. And now you get these three mutated shredders and no answers. And it's a great cliffhanger because it makes you want to keep reading. I was pleasantly surprised the 2012 series incorporated the three mutated shredders into the return of New York storyline when they did it. They also did an episode called Dinosaur in the Sewers towards the end of season three, which was a separate adaptation of this as well. It was like there's a triceraton that's going crazy that Raphael finds well, in the cool. sewers. I think he's looking for Krang, though, because oh, they yeah, have a thing with Krang. I'm sure I'll be bringing the 2012 series up again because note-wise, I'm a little further than Kevin right now, and there's a couple of things that I took notes on, and then I've been doing like two episodes of the show a day, and I'm like, oh my god, they adapted this in the cartoons? Like, that's so crazy, because I'd never in a million years would have thought they'd bring that into it. So I'm looking forward to... Well, that's why I sang the praises of that cartoon for so so many years, is like, they adapted everything. So, and, yeah. I mean, the 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 2003 cartoon did it as well, but like the, those two, I don't know. It's been such a good celebration of Turtles. The, the, we, we've gotten very lucky with a bunch of the cartoons they've done that they've thrown little nods in for the comic book readers. And there, there aren't many cartoons based on comic books that, and I know people are going to say, no, you're crazy for me saying this, but that doesn't happen a lot. And yeah, when you get a Spider-Man cartoon or an X-Men cartoon, they might do a few episodes called the Phoenix saga or like, like something that's like a nod to something from the book. But I'm talking about like these issues, these episodes will literally have stuff taken right from the page where they copy the artwork and make it look exactly like the comics sometimes. So it's, it happens in other stuff, but it's rare. Stay tuned and stay with us because I'm looking forward to bringing up those comparisons as we keep going. But yeah, that that's issue 20. And uh, I don't know. They, they really, really knew what they were doing with this three-part arc. So really looking forward to getting to the conclusion. Yeah, I love, re- I love reading the Mirage run every single time. So good stuff to come. Tune in next week. We'll get to volume one, issue 21. In the meantime, you can go and check us out on Twitter at TMNT Nerds. You can look us up on Instagram at TMNT Nerds. Both those places will be posting like visual stuff that we went over on the podcast here. If you want to send us an email, we are at TMNTNerds at gmail.com. And also we have a Patreon page where are the Ninja Turtle Nerds on Patreon. If you'd like to help us, you know, get some money that all goes back into the show. It's not something that where we're trying to get rich off this thing. It just helps, it would help us. Basically the, the, the two things we would like Patreon money for is new microphones so that we can sound better and a website. So more people can find the show. Those are the two things we'd like to raise money for at this point. So, uh, the Ninja Turtle nerds on Patreon and we would very much appreciate it. So thank you guys very much for listening. Anything else, Sean? Uh, I always liked Cowabunga. <laughs> oh, I forgot to do the summary last issue. So in this issue. So I'm going to do the summary real quick. Let me see if I can summarize these two. So last issue is really easy. Raphael and Leonardo fight over whether or not they should go back to New York. <laughs> and then eventually Raphael does go back to New York. He sees Foot Clan in the sewer. And then he makes friends with Zog, 
and the turtles reunite with him. That was last issue. This issue, Zog leads them to a Foot Clan hideout, which leads them to a computer that they can find more Foot Clan places. So they go to the other Foot Clan place to find Shredder. They have a giant battle where Zog is killed by Shredder and the turtles see three Shredders. See, that's the thing with these, like when Kevin and, and Peter involved are involved, the issues are really easy to summarize. Enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys very much for listening and we'll see you next week.